Hello, welcome back to episode 14 of the Black Valor Podcast. I am your host, Jamie M. Parks. It's been a while, but I am back. There's been some move. Basically, I got a new job and had to cross the country and getting settled. And it took a while for me to get back to doing the podcast. But I'm here and I have several lined up, ready to go. Our podcast this week is going to be on the 960th Quartermaster Service Company. They were a unit that was formed during World War II, and I'm going to talk about some of the things that they experienced and that they performed, or missions they performed during the war. The 960th Quartermaster Service Company was activated on 5 August 1943 at Camp Phillips, Kansas. And if you know a little bit about the Army and about the Quartermaster Corps, they were primarily formed to do manual labor and things that required uh, moving of equipment, moving of supplies throughout the area of operations during the war. So pretty much wherever the Army went, they had quartermasters to make sure that the logistics tail kept up with the troops. And some other things as far as basic services, you know, digging ditches, those items that are not attractive and not really talked about much, but are vitally important to any army that's on the move for the soldiers that are there. This was an all-black unit, but it was commanded by white officers, just like most of the other units, or pretty much all the units in World War II that, had, that were formed by uh, primarily blacks. But this unit's first captain was Raymond H. Kelm. They did their training there in Kansas where they formed for quite a while. And after training, on 27 February 1944, the unit sailed from New York on the troop ship UST Frederick Likes, and they were headed to York. At the time of their uh, voyage, there were three officers and 222 enlisted men. They sailed across the Atlantic and arrived in Glasgow, Scotland on 11 March 1944. During their time in Glasgow, they uh, helped run a depot that was there and getting supplies and things that were being prepared for the D-Day invasion, really just organizing everything that was going to be needed. They did receive a commendation letter from the commander of Depot G-47 for the excellent work that the men had formed while they were there in Scotland. After D-Day, and this unit did not participate in D-Day, there were some Quartermaster Service Corps, uh, excuse me, Quartermaster Service Company troops composed of blacks that were present on D-Day, and I will talk about them in June, surprisingly or unsurprisingly, because that's when the event occurred. So I had something special planned there. The 960th QSC, they came over after the invasion, but they did move through France on to Maastricht area in the Netherlands. They provided a lot of the supplies and things that came off of the shore from England to supply those troops that were moving forward. Around this time, the commander changed for the unit. Captain William O. Psalms became the commander. The Netherlands was a difficult time for the 960th. They were given 
the gruesome task of preparing burial for the soldiers who had died. So they were assigned to burial duties and dug thousands of graves in what would become the Netherlands American Cemetery in Margraten. If you've seen any of the pictures from uh, results of those initial forays across the channel, it wasn't very pretty. War is always not kind to the soldiers who are fighting in it, but the methods employed also meant that when these soldiers were burying these graves, they came across pretty gruesome things. They weren't expecting to be on the grave detail when they got there, so that was a bigger shock to them. While at Margrotten, they worked 12-hour days for three months without a single day off, and it's estimated that they buried 20,000 U.S. service members at the cemetery there. We get some of our accounts from uh, who was then First Sergeant Jefferson Wiggins. He gave some of his story to people later on in his life. He thought at the time what it meant black soldiers burying white Americans. But at the same time, they couldn't sit in the same room with these men when they were alive. And here they were tasked with the ultimate period of respect that was paid to the soldier in their burial. They were commanded to give respect to those they could not associate with in life. And this was a bit of a conundrum for the men who were part of the 960th. They set aside their prejudices to honor the fallen Americans, and they treated them with dignity and respect, which is what the soldiers deserved. And they went out of their way to make sure that these last final moments of these soldiers was above board, and they didn't let their racial animosity intrude on the job that they had to do. Wiggins didn't really tell anyone about his experiences until he was... According to some accounts, he was married around 40 years before he actually told his wife of what he had done during the war. So the men of the 960th QSC uh, worked at the graves in Margraten up until 1945, early on. And they moved into Belgium and then on into Germany behind the troops. The unit was decorated by 9th Army with a citation for the work they completed from mid-February to mid-April, which was uh, that main period where they set up the cemetery of Margarten. The citation read, The 960th QSC for superior execution of duty and the performance of exceptionally difficult tasks from 11 February 1945 to 13 April 1945. The 960th QSC rendered meritorious service in the accomplishments of its numerous duties on the continent. Throughout this period, this unit achieved and maintained a high standard of discipline and demonstrated superior performance in every duty it was assigned. The conduct of the 960th QSC is in keeping with the high traditions of the military service. And this is quite remarkable in that this service unit was recognized twice during a relatively short period for the work that they were doing. Again, the soldiers on the front line 
got most of the attention and glory for the war, but it was rare for these service troops to get recognized in this fashion, and especially for an all-black unit. It just speaks to the work that these men had done that they could garner such attention. After Germany's surrender, the unit did experience several changes in personnel through promotions, furloughs, and reassignments. First Sergeant John H. Phillips, Jefferson Wiggins, and Staff Sergeant Earl Wood actually left the unit and were able to rejoin the company as second lieutenants, so they were commissioned. And this was during the closing of the war, so many of these service units, they were just kind of pushed together. You know, people would come and go, and they would reform at the first half of their time in Europe, where they were just one solid group, where they went through training, they all stayed together. Near the end of the war, they were a mix mash of people. These men here were, as I said, brought back as second lieutenants. And some others were gone to higher positions in other quartermaster service uh, companies. On 9 January 1946, the remaining members of the 960th QSC sailed home from Belgium on the Hagerstown Victory, and they arrived at Camp Kilmer, New Jersey, on 21 January. So this was the end of the war for them. The unit was actually inactivated the following day. So that is just a little history on the 960th Quartermaster Service Company. If you want to read more about them, I have some of my sources. The 960th Quartermaster Service Company, that's on the U.S. Army Heritage Center page. A former World War II Quartermaster recalls service in book and documentary. And that was an article that was published on the U.S. Army Public Affairs page. And for last, I have the 960th Quartermaster Service Company lineage and honors page on the Army Hair Center website. If you go to the website, blackvalor.net, you can find the notes I have, some pictures on the 960th, and also all the links to the sources that I found. As always, please go to the website, and that's just www.blackvalor.net. You can join forums on there. You can also send me email at blackvalor1010 gmail.com. And you can see us on Facebook and Twitter, Black Valor. You give me comments, questions, I'll be sure to answer them on the podcast. Or if you have any topic suggestions, you can bring to my attention, and I'd be more than happy to research those and get back to you. Now, the next podcast I have is going to be on the First Rhode Island Infantry during the uh, Revolutionary War. But that's all I have, and thank you for listening.